Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Building an Iconic Life. I want you to stick around for this one because I promise this one is going to hit different. I came from the mud, dirt on my hands. Welcome to Build an Iconic Life podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whitehead, and this podcast is dedicated to help you build a life with zero regrets. By focusing on how you have everything you need to stand up, stand out, and live life on your terms. Let's dive right in. Hey, Justin. Hey, Chris. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about it. So my first question for you is, who is Justin Henderson? It's a great question, Chris, and happy Friday from Texas and Thanks for having me on the show, man. So who is Justin Henderson is a, is, is a complex uh, question for me because I, th I think for the most part, I'm a miracle. Uh, I think I'm a miracle in action. Um, the, most, the most critical part of that story is the fact that I'm not supposed to be here on several different levels. Let's hear about that. The first, the first level would be my father uh, was in a horrible, horrible, mangled 18-wheeler accident in 1971 in Wichita, Kansas, where every bone in his body was broke. Um, his feet were completely cut off from his body. Uh, the ambulance uh, ran out of gas of like five blocks from the, the, the hospital. Um, he was in a full body cast for three years. Um, tried to make my mother leave him. She, she was very obstinate about she was sticking with it no matter what. Uh, she was pregnant with my brother. Um, I, I wasn't here, you know, if he'd have perished in that accident, which by, by all, by all percentages, he, he should not be here either. Um, hmm. and, 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 but yet here I am. So, uh, that kind of leads to the fact that I was, you know, raised in a pretty good family, um, good, a faith-based family, uh, got a brother and a sister. I'm the youngest, um, started, started getting into a little bit of rebellious activity, uh, as a teenager. Uh, going down some paths that, you know, you probably wouldn't want your child to go down. And my family had to witness that. Um, the, that, that path took me to a horrible, almost, uh, who, who knows how bad um, heroin addiction to, compared to other people. It was horrible. Um, it, it, it tried to take me out a couple different times. I've, I've been revived in the hospital um, from that addiction, brought back to life. Um, so yeah, by 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 all by all statistics, uh, I'm a miracle, and I shouldn't be here, Chris. What was um, what was the straw that broke the camel's back, brother? Well, the straw that broke the camel's back is I was arrested in 2005 on my honeymoon to a woman I loved and um, charged with a crime that I did not commit. I, oh. had, I had been I had been charged with crimes before. Uh, I, I was present. I, I did do something wrong during this uh, exchange, uh, but it wasn't to the level of what the police uh, said that day. So um, three months after uh, the arrest, uh, the divorce papers came uh, into the cell that I was in. Um, it broke me. It absolutely broke me. Uh, this was not the life that, that, that I knew I could be living. This was not the life that, that I envisioned for myself, you know, as a, as a, as a young boy. Uh, it just kind of culminated to where I just fell on my knees and, and I probably prayed the most honest prayer of my life, Chris. 
um, I asked God to take away the, 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 the desire for drugs from me. And I, I didn't ask to get out of trouble. At that point in time, I was facing 99 years in prison. Uh, had the charges stuck, I would have been in prison for the rest of my life. Um, but I prayed not to get out of trouble. I, I prayed, you know, if I do get out of here, just take the desire away from me to do drugs. And I believe that I could be the man, the son, the brother, the father that, that, that you created me to be. Now, did that magically, mysteriously for you, just the desire end, or did you go through a process? So some people go through processes of NAAA, things like that. And this is where the story gets interesting. Um, at that moment, I prayed that prayer and I said, amen. I felt the desire leave my body Whew. instantaneously. And I wiped away the tears and I stood up and I looked in the mirror and that I knew that moment I was never going to do drugs another day in my life. I knew it. I, I just knew it. You know, they, um, they say the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Woo, I just got goosebumps saying that. And um, the truth is, is in, in the sight of God, none of us are righteous. But when we pray his prayer, and bro, you got brought down to a singularity, didn't you? It wasn't, I don't want to be in trouble. I don't want to this. It's, I, I, I don't want to put a, a false idol in place of you. Dude, the amount of bravery it takes <laughs> and to have to be broken to get there, more of us have had to do that in different ways, not as severely as you, but more of us have had to do it that haven't. And for people that are listening to this podcast that think any judgment over you for that, that's their own work they need to do. And you and I both know that, but I'm actually really proud of you. And at the same time, I'm really grateful that you shared that because God is real. Amen. We just have to, we just have to learn to get in alignment with God instead of trying to get God in alignment with us. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how else to tell people, you know, it, it, whatever your conception of that word God is to you, then, then by all means, you know, run with it. But to, to say that it's not is, is in my mind, just, you know, not, not very smart because I tried, multiple times with multiple people loving on me, praying on me. Uh, I had all the reasons to succeed and under my own power, there was no way I broke that addiction. I, I had proven to myself time and time and time again, that I was going to go back to that addiction no matter what. And under my own strength, I couldn't do it. I proved that. I hear you. I hear you. Tell us the rest of the story, man. What happened? What happened after that? So that prayer was prayed before I ever even went to court. So I never even knew, I didn't know the outcome at that point in time of if I was ever going to have freedom again. So, um, you know, fast forward to court, we come up with, uh, they, they, they come off that charge. My lawyer is able to prove that that charge was false. We went to court. Um, they actually didn't even go to trial on that, on that particular charge. They just completely dropped it and, and dropped it down to what it, what it should be. I received a seven year sentence of which I did four years, three months, got out on parole, um, but I think it was that, I think it was that time period when I was in prison that the Lord worked on me so much, you know, I was, I was up for parole my first year in, cause I, cause that was the first time I've been to prison. Well, it's a second, but, uh, one was a substance, uh, felony punishment facility, whatever, but he kept me in there for four years, three months. And 
I probably wasn't ready to get out even until the day I got out because he was working on me so much. You know, I was getting my mind right. I was getting my body right. I was getting just, just things right. I had to repair relationships with my family. Yeah. You know, I come from a big family. We're very close, you know, and, and there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of hurt, you know, that had happened. So during that time and visitations and letters and, you know, I had, a, I had a young daughter as well. So I had to, I had to start taking all these things into consideration is like, what am I going to do the day I step out? You know, what's going to be that, you know, like, like Zalmanov says, you know, make good choices. You know, it was just yeah. what, good, what good choices am I about to have to make, you know, to, to put me on the right direction. And so I was just completely focused on that. So you get out, you don't have a dime to your name. You're not married, but you have a daughter. It kind of sounds overwhelming. And I know a lot of people, uh, good people, that just stopping to do drugs, they go, okay, I'm going to go get a job. And they start to shrink back a little bit because of all the trauma that happened by them being wild and crazy. I have a funny feeling your story doesn't end with you not continuing to be wild and crazy. I think you just <laughs> had energy <laughs> and pushed it in a different direction. So what did you do with it? Yeah. So, I mean, I just put my nose to the grindstone, man. Um, you know, I, I didn't take the easy way out ever. You know, I came home broke. Um, my mother and father graciously allowed me to, to, to sleep in a room there, but it wasn't, I bet it wasn't a month after that, that I, that I told them I had to go. I, I had to go. I had to start becoming a man. I, I have to start paying rent somewhere. I, you allowing my, my mother hated it. She wanted me to stay. She wanted her baby boy, you know, at home where, where she could protect him, whatever. And I said, no, this isn't what a man does. A man, a man needs to go earn his keep. So I found a way to get a, a bedroom to pay for and just started working and doing whatever I could. I was selling uh, vinyl stickers of Bible verses on tiles to the church people, like within the first like two months, looking for work, getting turned down a bunch. Um, and then eventually got an opportunity to go to the oil field. And, uh, and, and that was, that was massive. That was massive to my life right now. So how so? Well, it was everything that I had learned in prison is that if you, if you do the right thing and you put in the work day in and day out, you're going to get rewarded for it. So where all these jobs were like flipping burgers, they were telling me out they didn't even want me to flip burgers for five bucks an hour or whatever. I started working hard, using my intelligence to work my way up, uh, using my strength to work my way up and getting paid a, a very good salary for that. So it opened my mind to the reality that if you work hard and you bring value to whatever situation you're in, it's going to come back to you tenfold. And it did. Yeah, you know, I talk about it a lot, too, that <clears throat> the seeds we plant today, today don't harvest so you can eat them today. And um, that was one of the lessons you had to learn is one of the lessons I had to learn, even though my family taught it to me, like literally my grandfather planted gardens um, and I worked with him in it. Uh, but learning how to do it and fall in love with the process instead of the result was probably one of the most maturing things I've personally ever gone through. And sounds like you did the same thing. So at some point, you decided to take it to the next level of craziness. And it looks like you own your own business now. There was an injury in the oil field where um, my lower back, I blew out three discs, herniated three discs. Uh, swinging an eight-pound sledgehammer is pretty hard when you got three blown out discs. 
the company I worked for didn't even really want to recognize it. You know, they were being made by OSHA to send me to rehab and whatnot. And it took about a year. It took about a year of recovery for them to even clear me to go back to work. But in that time period, there was a divine appointment that the Lord had for me. Um, I was meant to be in sales. I was meant to be. I was meant to be a business owner, and I was meant to be an entrepreneur. So an opportunity came my way, and uh, and I jumped on it into an industry that I, I really didn't have a whole lot of background in. Scared to death. So remodeling industry. In the remodeling industry started out with just basic painting. Uh, going on to, you know, cabinet refinishing and then flooring and then bathroom remodels, kitchen remodels thing. It just, you know, the whole world opened up. But in that process, it, it, it taught me that I have this connection with people, you know, and I have this ability to gain their trust and then to execute and, and to do what I say I'm going to do and stand behind it. You know? Yes, I do. That's how, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 quit college 13 credits shy of graduating <laughs> worked at radio shack became a really good salesman um and it wasn't hard to become the eastern region's number one sales guy moved down to north carolina end up becoming a manager of a store working 100 hours a week and i was like oh dear god i'm gonna go postal on somebody if this is the rest of my life and like you <laughs> I jumped out to become an entrepreneur. I thought I was going to mow lawns. Well, the guy said, I don't have any lawns to mow, but you can install a countertop. I said, sold. Had to go to Lowe's to pick up a Black & Decker book to read how to put a Formica countertop on. Butchered that job. But the next thing you know, I became a painter. And it, I just piece by piece, I would sell a painting job. And they would say, well, can you build a deck? Absolutely. Didn't know how to build a deck. So learn how to build a deck. Do you know how to do wallpapering? Do you know how to do a bathroom? Do you know how to do a kitchen? Do you know how to do an addition? And now we're general contractors and that's one of several companies that I own. And I look back on it and go, and I was talking to Robin about this outside the other night, we're sitting around the fire and I'm like, I'm thinking of the stories along the way. It, they sound like I wouldn't do that again if I knew that's what I right. had to do. Right. I would not like no sane human would do the things that I did, but the passion to find out who I am and what I'm made of in the streets and do it in a way where I'm competing with people at what I consider the highest level, selling drugs, doing drugs. That's easy. Everybody wants it. What happens when you got three other good competitors against you for a product or a service that you're selling? I have to elevate. And it just, it never has stopped being something that I play with like a Rubik's cube. And uh, it sounds like similar to you. You just kept moving up. And what, what are some of the most important things that you've learned in all the years, not just as an entrepreneur, but in all the years of you growing up? Because I love foundational things. I love like the bedrock because the whiz bangs all change over time. But the but the bed the rock stays the same. What are the foundational things that you've learned about life and business that have promoted the success that you have now? And, and like a phoenix from the ashes, bro, you shouldn't have won, but you wouldn't quit. What are the foundational things that you've learned? Well, I think your shirt pretty much represents it. What I'm looking at right now on the screen, man. Uh, I, I was I was raised with a with an absolute belief in, in God and faith. Um, my parents instilled in me to to know who I was, 
that that's the that's the reason when I got off the floor in in that jail cell and looked in the mirror, you know, I was I wasn't looking at the man that I was supposed to be. So I've learned that being who I am is the most important thing. You know, my, you know, Tomas has that book, you know, what are your core values? You know, who are you? you yeah. Know, I, I, had, I had to get back to who I was and who I was raised to be. And, and I'm a family guy. I'm a son. I'm a brother. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. So, I mean, th- those things I believe is what carries me through all of, all of life's, you know, obstacles. You know, I, I believe I can face any obstacle, no matter what it is, no matter how big the mountain is. I know who can move the mountain. You know, I mean, yeah. I just have to show up. I just have to show up being who I am and being authentic to myself. And then the belief that good things are going to happen. And if bad things happen, it was meant to teach me a lesson as well. Yep. So, I yep. mean, you can't you can't shrink back and go, oh, man, poor me or well, me, you know, in, in the society that we live in, you know, is, is a lot of that's happening. It's like, well, whenever you reach an obstacle, it's like, well, what is that meant to teach me? You know, what am I supposed to be gaining from this? Because most people would say that prison's a horrible place to be. I'll tell you, prison saved my life. I learned more lessons in prison than I have at any point in time, probably prior to that. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, those, those things that, you know, sometimes set people back and need to, you know, it, it, if I can help people, if I can give back, you know, take those take those opportunities as as moments of teaching rather than moments of despair and, oh, woe is me, you know? Yeah, dude, I hear it. You went from being a victim to being a victor, and you started saying, I either win or I learn. And that is the beginning of being a very powerful human being. Because now it doesn't matter if it's a king or if it's a servant, you know, the guy sweeping the floor. Leadership doesn't have a title leaderships you know my moniker i'll see you in the trenches that's why i say it of course that's why i say it um i'll be doing this for the rest of my life dude why it turns me on i don't mind getting dirty right i don't mind getting into real conversations i don't mind digging the ditch i don't mind doing it for you because i'm not doing it for you amen and if you want to judge me, judge me based upon who I really am, not who I'm pretending to you to be. And so over time, I've just let go of that shell altogether. I'm just going to be me. Why? Man, I've kissed so many toads and I've attracted so many people into my life that, that love me for who I pretended to be. I, I don't I don't have time for it anymore. And I'm proud of you, dude. I'm proud of you for taking the lessons and not letting it take you down not being a victim i we need more leaders like that in this world so tell me what's this process that you're on right now what where what are you getting to what what do you see the next step for you you already own a company you have success what is it that you're hoping or that you feel led in your heart that's your next big thing that you're supposed to accomplish a very interesting question, Chris, because you would have never known this, but I was I was having dinner last night and I was pondering this, um, and it's and it's just been on my heart. It's been on my heart. It's been on my mind. It's something that that you know is just like you said, the impetus. It just keeps growing. Um, I I want to I want to fully come full circle with that night in my jail cell where I told the Lord that I could be the man that you made me to be if you just take this desire away from me. So 
with that being said, I, I want to be the one in my family that changes everything. You know, I want to, I want to retire my parents. They're, they're getting too old to work. You know, they're still working. It's just who they are. It's ingrained in them. But you know, there's, there's definitely things that we could take off them. I, I want to be that person, that leader in my family that, that shows them and, and, and shows the world that, you know, you can come full circle, you know, and just, and just be the blessing that, that I was meant to be from the beginning. I'm going to tell you something, dude, and this is for everybody listening to, um, <clears throat> I'm a little bit older than you, maybe I was born in 1973, barely 75. All right. And, uh, I had a dream when I was 24, my family got broken apart when I was two. Then my next family got broken apart when I was 17 and went to college. And this whole idea of this unworthy young kid to start his own business was really about number one, freedom. And number two, I wanted to have a family business where my family could be a part of it. My little brother, Jonathan, owns his own company. He became a executive coach in a program that we built to eight figures. And I was the director of coaches and he and I run together. Now my little sister is my executive assistant. She was in corporate America working for a very, very, very large organization that oversaw 600 veterinary hospitals. So not clinics, but hospitals. She's working for me now. My mom is my accountant. My wife, even my children are part of Iconic. I had no idea how I was going to do that, but it just wouldn't leave my heart to be it and to do it. We've got some plans for my mom. I'm not going to share them on this podcast because she's going to listen to it. <laughs> but bro, I'm watching these seeds that I planted and nurtured and, and saw them dissipate like, oh, that's gone. That garden, that whole field is gone. Nah, bruh. They're coming to fruition now and I am overjoyed. Not because of what I'm getting, but because my dreams are coming true. Amen. It is the most fulfilling. You, nobody can take it. Not my wife when she's angry at me. Not some job that goes sideways, not if employees quit, not if my kids make bad decisions that I can't control. They're 20 now. I can't, you know, I got 18, one 18 year old and two 20 year olds. I'm proud that I never quit. That's the only thing I'm proud of. I am proud about how smart I am. <laughs> I'm not proud about speaking on stages and writing a number one best selling book. And I'm, those are nice. I got a, big old house and cars and stuff. And I'm not proud about any of that shit. It can all be taken away <laughs> in a minute. I'm proud. I never quit on me. And I had a real dream and I've stuck to it. And I believe in you same exact way. You don't have to know how dude. you just got to keep struggling the way you did when you picked your ass up off that concrete floor and said, all right, I said the prayer. Now what? <laughs> and you're doing the now what now, man? Need more people like that in this world. And as part of what this whole podcast is about is to let other people know, maybe your dream's bigger than ours. Good. Number one, 
don't step on mine. Number two, I want to encourage you that you can be iconic. You can be the best of who you are, and that's what makes you iconic. Because there's a voice that you have. There are people you can speak to that there's no way they're going to listen to me. I've never been where you've been. I've never done what you've done. And they need to hear it. We all run in circles and we have hundreds and thousands of people around us and we're all saying the same things and we're thinking, oh, everybody knows this. Let me tell you something. No, they don't. Correct. There's about 7.8 billion that don't know it. But they know it in their heart when you speak it. So when you write your book, when you get up on stage, when you do the things that you need to do, first of all, by being a go-giver and allowing it to show up in your life, there are people out there that are further along the road than you that will see that magic in you. And just like you're doing for other people, they'll give you the opportunity to speak it and to say it. And only if you've been doing that work, only will you step aside and let God speak through you. And you don't have to worry about your presentation. Correct. You just do what you do. Correct. And dude, I see it written all over you. And I, I want, I want to be one of those people that helps you get to that spot, dude, because yeah, it's a beautiful. I appreciate that, man. The, you, you just spoke, you just spoke more life into me than you realize because that I'm glad I didn't quit on me is, is how I live my life every single day, man. It's, it's the only thing that's gotten me to this point. I mean, obviously the, the faith that I have, but I mean, I never gave up on me. I knew yeah. I was better. I knew I deserved better. Even in spite of me, I yeah. knew I deserved better, yep. you know? So now I'm getting the opportunity to walk that, you know, and like you're giving back to your family. I just hired my sister this week. She just became, I, I had to, I'm, I'm getting to that level to where I, I have to let go of, you know, certain aspects of my business. And, and I'm only three years into business ownership. You know, I don't have a, I don't have a college background in this, you know, I don't, I don't have the, you know, what the traditional education of how to, how to do this. I'm, I'm learning on the fly. Yeah. So just got to hire my sister this week, you know, um, and, and what a blessing that is. I'm spending time with her, you know, we're, I'm training her, getting her involved in everything, whatever. And she's super excited. So, I mean, it's just like the, 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 like you said, the, the, the seeds that you plant don't always grow that day and they're not going to grow that day, mm-hmm. you know, but, but there's a forest coming and there's beautiful roses and this garden is going to look great. You know, as long as you tend it and you keep that soil, you know, nice and fresh, you know, fertilize it, put the good seeds in. Everybody, everybody wants the result. Very few people are willing to do the work and the real work isn't, isn't the marketing and the sales and anybody can learn that stuff. The real work is remembering to be integrous to your own word, to yourself. That's the hard one for everybody. And I've made plenty of mistakes along the way, but now that I have other people that I'm in charge of children, my wife and I are kind of co-in charge of each other. <laughs> it kind of depends on the day. But, you know, there are a lot of followers. There are a lot of people that are counting on me. And I can spend 99 years doing all the right things and make one bad mistake. One mistake that goes against what my word has been for 99 years. And that's all she wrote. And so it's becoming more and more critical for me to walk the narrow road. Not because I feel obligated to but because my dreams are attached to that, I'm encouraged to. And I run with other people 
that live the same way because we continue to encourage each other because everything that you talked about that garden, bro, being a good farmer means that you know that in 90 to 180 days, that thing's going to harvest what you do in those 90 to 180 days determines what kind of harvest you're going to have. And it just takes a little bit of being willing to delay gratification to get that. You know, one of the things that I learned about any of the really super addictive drugs, meth, heroin, whatever, you have these receptors in, in your, in your body that those drugs go and plug those receptors. Those receptors are meant to send serotonin out. But when the drug plugs it, <laughs> the reason the addiction gets so strong is it's the only way you can get the pleasure response yep. and it happens faster and faster and faster. So what? We've all gotten hooked into things and realized too late. Oops. Thank God you didn't die. But bro, your whole process now is teaching other people. Just wait. It's coming. Yep. I'm proof it's coming. And I'm also proof that God is alive and well. It's not a myth. It's not a story. <laughs> it's not he, she, whoever God is to you. God is real. And I tell you what, it's better to have God as a friend than God as a foe. That's what I have definitely learned. Amen. And I'm willing to submit to a power that's greater than me. It's okay. It doesn't diminish my power in any way. And in fact, <laughs> it makes my burden light. Correct. Because I know what's real and what's not for me. And it allows me to meet really cool people like you. Um, and dude, I'm just so grateful you're on the same mission, man. I really, really, really am. Um, if people want to reach out to you and they want to get to know you more, because I know you're starting to do some mentoring, what's the best way for them to find you? Best way to find me would be through uh, Facebook, Justin Henderson on Facebook. Um, okay. I'm, I'm on the socials. I'm, I'm pretty much out there on social media. I, I respond pretty well. Uh, like you said, there's there's some mentoring going on. I was at an event in Dallas a couple of years ago where Travis Ritchie and Zach Babcock uh, allowed me to get on their uh, Convicted Life uh, podcast, and um, there was actually a, a young man who heard the podcast. There, that that podcast is actually being broadcast to all state and federal um, penitentiaries right now. Um, so I had a grandmother contact me of a, of a young man. Um, we've recently met. He got released, um, and I'm mentoring him right now, and, and I'd be willing to do the same for anybody who's been through my shoes. Uh, I think giving back is probably the most important thing in the world. Um, I don't have all the time in the world and obviously, you know, busy schedules like we have, you know, you have to find a way to fit it in, but I mean, I absolutely will fit it in, you know, I'll find a way. So yeah, Justin Henderson we'll, on Facebook, that's, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And we'll make sure we put those links on the front page. Okay. I'm sharing this thing out. Um, Justin, is there anything you want to leave everybody with before we say goodbye today? For sure, there's something I want to leave everybody with. Uh, no matter what your situation you're going through, no matter how bad you think it is, uh, there's always hope. You know, there's always hope. By, by all means, we started the podcast with saying who you thought I was. Uh, I, I believe I'm a miracle. I believe I'm a walking miracle. You know, there's there's always hope, you know, and, and there's always that belief in yourself. Um just, just keep having faith, you know, just keep having faith. If you know your words more, go get more, you know, 
we're, we're, we're all here for a reason. And, and if you haven't found that reason yet, keep searching. You know, I'm like you, I, I've, I tapped into something that that's got me on the path of the authentic Justin and who I'm supposed to be and where I'm supposed to be going. And I'm just walking that narrow road, brother. So I encourage everybody to find that path, you know, and then, you know, be a good person. And it's the truth. And you know what? <clears throat> Reach out to Justin if you need a little encouragement of how to find that path, because here's a man that found it the hard way. Everybody, this is Building an Iconic Life. We're here with Justin Henderson, and you just heard a powerful testimony of a man that was willing to take shit, turn it into Shinola, <laughs> and never, never quit. We love you guys. Have a great day. And like I always say, I'll see you in the trenches. See you in the trenches. Hey friend, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to catch future casts. If you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it so others can benefit from it as well. I'll see you in the trenches.